0: Because in a restaurant if the weather changes yeah. it will impact your yeah. customers. Um, anything can impact your customers so there are no guarantees. This is a resilient kind of business that you need to be on your toes and you need to adapt as you go along.
1: That was Sara Pantaleo. The CEO of one of Australia's most loved family restaurants, La Porqueta, and she has a backbone. G'day everyone, I'm David Boyer, the founder and managing director of Sequel CFO. Backbone is brought to you by Judo Bank. It has arrived, a business bank dedicated to Aussie businesses. In this episode, Sarah will talk to us about family business, franchising, the philanthropic efforts, and why business is so important to Australia and the Aussie economy. I hope you enjoy the show. To stay up to date with the biggest and latest stories of Aussie business owners with Backbone, head to www.backbonepodcast.com.au and sign up for our newsletter. Let's get on with the show. I'm here with Sarah Pantaleo, the CEO of La Porqueta, but much more than that, you're the Vic State Chapter of the Family Business Association, you're the National Board on the Franchise Council of Australia, a body that's very busy at the moment with all sorts of inquiries and questions being asked about the sector. But you're also the chairperson of the Moira Kelly Creating Hope Foundation. We're going to talk to you about a range of topics, family business, franchising, philanthropy. And we're here in the La offices in Thomastown, Melbourne. I don't get over this side of town very often, but I'm heading straight to the airport afterwards, so it's quite convenient. Thank you for coming on the show.
0: No worries, David. Glad to be here.
1: Um, La Pochetta actually as a brand has a very in Melbourne in particular a lot of people like it it's one of the few I guess Carlton eateries that expanded out of Little Italy so to speak and has stores everywhere it's a great um, I guess it's a great business story overall and you're very active in the business community sharing um, the story I guess so from a family business point of view I've heard you talk about La Pochetta as a community what is the La Pochetta community because I'm sure it's more than just a couple of families
0: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Melbourne and uh, I was just at an event recently and um, met someone who went to Melbourne Uni and uh, many students from Melbourne Uni know La very, very well in Carlton. But La started out with two migrants, um, two Italian migrants, you know, with a vision, a passion um, and really they became a lot bigger than that. So our community, what I call our community, is pretty much our our restaurant owners, our franchisees, our customers. You know, we've got generational customers. You know, when we did our 30-year anniversary, we asked them, what do you love about La Pocchetta? And some of the things are amazing. And we had grandfather, grandmothers, and we had four to five generations coming to La Pocchetta. So where I see the La Puketa community is the people.
1: Is that something that's important because it makes you feel good? Is it something that you monetize? What's what, what's the real benefit of it to the La Pocchetta business?
0: Well, you know, some of it is intangible. Some of it I don't believe you can measure, but it's the feeling, it's the experience. Um, and, you know, we're across Australia and we've got sites in New Zealand as well. And even over there, people, it's a feeling. It's a sense of what they feel when they experience the brand um, and they feel part of it. They don't feel disconnected from it.
1: We read, particularly in my industry, in the accounting industry, that technology is going to make us all redundant. I know that you've invested in technology in La Poqueta over the years. I've heard you talk publicly. We've spoken privately about it in some groups you and I are involved with. Um, Is technology, how important is it and would you choose... Brilliant technology or a brilliant person in your business?
0: Technology. Love technology. My early career is in IT, in my mainframe systems. Love technology. I will never put technology in front of people. That's never going to happen. Great technology helps us be efficient, but people first. I'm a people person, and if you've got the right people driving the technology then you've got the solution, but never put technology before people.
1: And is that known within your business? Because the press is sometimes pretty negative. You know, everyone's going to lose their job to machine learning and AI.
0: No, I just think that um, the media is only interested in sensationalism, but what will happen is the amount of spending in the world, the amount of jobs in the world is going to be the same, but it's going to shift. So it's all about education and ensuring that people are educated to use the technology. But at the end of the day, without people, you've got nothing. Um,
1: Family business in Australia is is massive. I actually don't have the stats of how big it is. You probably do because you live and breathe this sort of stuff. They have a lot of challenges and we've got an ageing population. You have generational wealth. Changes in Australia, which has an impact on philanthropy, but it also has an impact on who leads family businesses. Um, I'm curious to know: is there a massive opportunity for family business in Australia?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I can't quote all the stats, but I I think you know they're talking about that 70% of small business is family business. So that, when you know that the majority of small businesses hire the most employees Australia wide. That's relevant. Um, you know, the biggest opportunity for family business is to have really good governance because traditionally, you know, with the family, you get a lot of passion going with it, but generally when you're starting out, oh, you're in, the, you're in charge just because you're the family. Um, I don't think that'll cut it. The opportunity is about having really good governance and, and really understanding, okay, what do we need to do to nurture the family? But what does the business need to be driven? And so it's about having that balance. If you've got that balance, um, statistically so, family business can be very, very successful because they create more culture. So the opportunities... and, And, you know, when people talk about family business, they think just small business. Some of the family businesses in Australia a huge turning over millions of dollars per year and you know great family businesses just inducted in the hall of fame in victoria love a duck dysons buses they're huge family businesses um and they've got amazing governance so i think are uh, the opportunities that you can keep the business in the family generationally keep it in australia and yeah it's immense there are um, No boundaries.
1: What is amazing governance? It's a word. I think a lot of people don't really know what it is.
0: Okay. So when I'm talking about family business governance, for those in the industry will understand that I'm talking about nurturing the family and perhaps having a family constitution that in there you will cover things, you know, because you're going to have some family members not working in the Mm -hmm. business And it's about that constitution covering what's important to the family because you want this to stay. We're really the caretakers for the generations, right? But then the business planning and business governance is about how do we introduce the family to the business and that they may only get roles that they're able to do in the business as well as do they need to go out and get experience in other businesses before they come and work for the family business. So there's all sorts of ways, there is not one formula, but it's about respecting the two.
1: It's very interesting you think that, and, and we've got a lot of family businesses that I've worked with over the years, but all I can think of is uh, how the Trump family just seems to keep getting jobs. In, in, the, in the White House administration, that seems to be their family business at the moment. Overall, I touched on before that we've got generational change in Australia. It's part of the ageing population. Baby boomers are retiring and and stepping away from operational roles in the business. Is succession done well?
0: Um, uh, The latest KPMG survey in family business um, showed that only 26% of family businesses in Australia, of, of those surveyed, had a documented plan for succession and that covered not only succession in leadership but succession in equity, Um, 26% had zero plans and 47% had a working plan, so not a completed plan. So that will show you that succession planning is one of the Um, one of, uh, let's say, the challenges for family business and I think because the entrepreneurial nature of family business that there's usually one or two founders or uh, family or two partners in the business that started out, they, they find it really difficult to let go, right? But what's shown is that the businesses that keep going and succeed have a solid plan for the family and the business.
1: Um, Leading on a little bit more from that, what makes leaderships really important in business? There's lots of information you can find online and there's lots of seminars you can go to on leadership in general business, but I think it's a bit different in family businesses because you've got different relationships. You've got a completely different type of stakeholder that needs to be looked after. And within that broad stakeholder group as families grow, you get sort of subgroups that need to be managed as well. What makes a great leader in a family business?
0: So so I'll say this. Whether it's family business or small business, you need the entrepreneurial spirit. And family business tends to have that. That's one of the things that's been found even in the KPMG survey. Um, but, the, you know, obviously you've got to have a clear vision. If you don't have a clear vision, whether you're family business or not family business, it won't work. But it's about being able to understand your strengths. Traditionally, early days, most our family business owners were more of a dictatorship kind of style, right?
1: The patriarch sitting at the Absolutely. end, godfather style. That's how La Puchetta, I imagine, would have been. Right? <laughs> I don't know
0: about that, but the, the, traditionally it's been that kind of um, family business. What the family businesses that are successful is, aside from all that clear vision and understanding where you want to head with your business, is also about recognising those strengths, getting the right people on board. And a lot of family businesses have the family, but let's say the succession planning of the family is 10 years away. They recognise they may need to bring a non-family member CEO, for as a succession in the interim to caretake. So really it's about recognising your strengths, getting the right people on board, which is the same in most businesses, but also understanding and not in spite of the family the business goes, but with the family and everyone in the family understanding whether they work in the business or not working in the business. A good family business leader helps the family understand their role and where they're heading.
1: I just want to dovetail a bit into, because this extends on family values and family constitution, the role that a family plays in philanthropy and charity, charitable work. Um, the business has done well, it's successful. Um, you're involved, you're the chairperson, Moira Kelly, creating Hope Foundation. Why bother? Why put your time, you're a very busy woman, why put your time into philanthropy?
0: Me personally, I think it's really important to give back. So I migrated in Australia when I was 11, and I come from very humble beginnings, and this country has given us a lot. Australia has been shown to be one of the most um, affluent and luckiest countries in the world. What I say to people is this, my work at La Pocaterra feeds the family, my work at the Maura Kelly Foundation feeds the soul. So Two prong. One, we need to give back. It's our responsibility to give back to causes, whatever you're passionate about, that you care about, so that it's not just about the money. But two, also understanding that we have been blessed. We've worked hard, we've been blessed. Therefore, we have a responsibility to give back to others that may not be able to have the same afforded um, whether it's in business whether it's in luck whatever you want to call it i believe it's our responsibility
1: what is the Moira kelly foundation
0: the mora kelly creating home foundation Maura kelly is a an amazing amazing humanitarian um she's been doing amazing work for many many years in her life but what we do at the mora kelly creating home foundation is We help kids from overseas that can't afford to have certain operations. We bring them to Australia and we'll help them get those operations and then go back home, as well as that we're also looking after some displaced women that might have been homeless because of circumstances of being here in Australia and we house them, we look after them and help them get on their way.
1: Uh, Excellent work. Thank, Thank you. you, I guess, as a, as a member in the Australian community. We need more people doing that, Thank that you. sort of stuff. Um, we're going to continue talking with you, Sarah, about the franchising part of business now. La Pocchetta's growth story was, I imagine, spurned by franchising. I mean, you don't just go from a, an eatery on Ligon Street. Were you on Ligon Street no, in Carlton? No, Rathdown, Rathdown Street. in Carlton uh, to almost 30 stores uh, in two countries now. 50. 50 stores? Jeez, I should have done better research. I watched videos about you. I was all prepared and then I get the basic information wrong. Um, um, we've, um, I think at the moment franchising is uh, going through drastic change, massive amounts of attention. Sometimes it feels like there are certain news publications who exist to find another scandal within a franchise system. But on the back of some genuinely good investigative research, some systems were questioned, led by 7-Eleven and Caltex. I think was the first really big one, and this triggered a parliamentary inquiry into the franchising sector. A lot of pressure around, everyone, and I imagine a lot of pressure on the Franchise Council of Australia. You're on the board. How did it get so bad?
0: Um, uh, how did it get so bad? I don't know that it is that bad.
1: And that actually should have been my question. Is it that bad, or is it? It's easy to go after a large group of people, you know. So
0: they say that a crisis is either real or perceived. In this situation, I honestly believe some of it is perceived. However, some of it is... I do believe some of it, obviously, there has been issues. But we've got to remember this. There are no guarantees in business. There are no guarantees in life. So what people aren't talking about they're not talking about how does franchising compare to independence we're not having that discussion so let's have that discussion and then see how it compares having said that i do believe i do believe that there needs to be education franchising is not an industry it is not a sector it is a methodology and hence we've got multiple franchise systems with multiple models And there's all sorts of kind of models, whether it might be a service or retail or food retail or whatever it may be. There are many, many factors. So what I say is education. So if we educate one incoming franchisors to understand what their responsibilities are, but also franchisees, that we understand when you're coming in. Are you getting the right advice? Are you doing your due diligence? Are you understanding what you're getting yourself into? And what I say to incoming franchisees when I'm interviewing them, as well as encouraging them to get all sorts of advice, legal and financial, I say, I try and say to them, is this right for you? Because you can't put, you know, a square peg in a round hole. Sometimes don't get a franchise because you want a business. Assess the business. Is the model right for you? Does it fit your culture? Does it fit your value systems? And is that the right business for you? When people buy a house, they do a lot of research. They look at the house, the suburb and how it is. And, well, I'm saying do the same amount of research when you're getting a franchise and understand what it is that you're getting into.
1: One of the things that, that stands out to me in franchising, and I just keen for your thoughts on this, As a franchisor, you're not really allowed to commit to any projections for a franchisee. You're not allowed to represent that there's future income that's coming.
0: So the thing, that's fine. The problem is, it's not that you're not allowed, but what happens is you can get yourself in strife if the projections aren't met. And like I said earlier, there are no guarantees in business and franchising or small business or independent is very similar in this way. You start a business, with all great, everybody starts the business with success in mind. No franchisor, no franchisor is happy for franchisees not succeeding. I haven't met one yet, right? So the problem with the projections is that there are no guarantees. So therefore, if something goes wrong, the economy changes, things outside of your control and the projections are not met. So we need to identify what, what can be given what should be given, and understanding there are many factors that may impact the result.
1: Um, Because of this noise about franchising, there's definitely a smear on the name. I've been in some circles and the words come up and, and the response in the group hasn't always been positive. Is the brand name franchising, is it dead? Is it in trouble?
0: Absolutely and categorically not. Franchising helps people get into business. I mean, what we're forgetting is this. It's okay. You've got an entrepreneurial spirit. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to take all the risks that goes with it. And I'm going to go out there alone. There are many, many, many people out there. They either don't have the courage, the strength, call it what you like, to go out there alone. So franchising helps people get into business and not be alone. In our business, we've had franchisees that were employees of a restaurant. They may never have owned their own business, but in franchising, they felt the courage to do it and they went in it. So we must never forget that.
1: I love the passion that you speak with and I share a lot of that passion. I know in our system, and we're a much smaller, and newer system than you are, the number one thing that people say they love is the camaraderie that, that they have accounting a lonely business you know you think about the high street account sitting there by themselves that's absolutely. I, I love hearing you talk about that it's exciting and i wish more people would listen to the passion that you bring to the table Thank you. but because of these changes though does franchising need a new vision I, you know there's a there's a magazine franchise business australia i think and its lead story i saw just downstairs in your reception was the importance of profitability Surely that doesn't deserve a front cover sentence. Surely that's the basics. So it makes me wonder, does franchising need a new vision?
0: Um, I don't know that it needs a new vision, but i go back to education. And it's, it's education of emerging franchisors and understanding what their responsibilities are, not just legal responsibilities, but the responsibilities to the franchisees and that they cannot do a sales pitch to recruit. They have to give a reality of what it is. Uh, Early, early days, going back a few years, I digress a little. I had a person sit there with me when I started doing the recruitment, because in the early days, my brother and his partner did the recruiting, when I started working on that. I had a gentleman that came to me, um, and he said, if I get a news agency, and it was a while ago, because I'm going to put on a news agency this day, <laughs> but nothing against news agency. But he said, if I get a news agency and I sell these many papers and I do this, this is the bottom line. I said, sir, I don't believe restaurants is for you. Because in a restaurant, if the weather changes, yeah. it will impact your yeah. customers. Um, Anything can impact your customers, so there are no guarantees. This is a resilient kind of business that you need to be on your toes and you need to adapt as you go along. And we didn't recruit that gentleman. So the education of franchisors, the education of franchisees to fully get the due diligence done and understand their business and understand what their responsibilities are going to be and if they're prepared for it. How many hours are they going to be spending in the business? What do they need to do? Do they need to get involved in the local community? It's not just about standing behind a counter. What do you need to do to drive that business? What is the franchisor going to do? What is the franchisee going to do? So education is the piece and good governance. Good governance and that's fine. I'm comfortable with the penalties, the ACCC being the watchdog. Good governance to ensure that if franchisors do not show good faith, that they're dealt with. And some good examples, if they're not doing the right thing and they're trying to oversell something that they don't have, I'm comfortable with the penalties that come with it. Um, But also understanding this, one of the things that is coming through, through the Senate inquiry is about change and the franchisors are getting people to change. But we cannot stifle innovation. So at La Puquera, we never did home deliveries. Guess what? Consumers want home deliveries. So if we did not innovate, be agile and change, we would not survive. So therefore, we need to understand that franchisors, some of the reasons why franchises are joining us, are that we are going to be at that forefront of that innovation. So change needs to happen for the business. And so it's also about innovation as well, so that we are sustainable in the industry that we're in. Because franchising is not an industry.
1: Can you expand on that a bit more?
0: Well, I right am in the restaurant industry and we also happen to be franchisors. So our business is a food franchise. So it's a very specific type of franchise. And we're also in the restaurant business. When we are interacting with our consumer, it is about the restaurant business and creating that experience for our guests that we bring into our restaurant. That's our industry.
1: Um, you've said in an interview with the Franchise Council of Australia and you repeated it, you said measurement, measurement, measurement is your focus. you are in a world of... of cloud accounting we're in a world where rosters can get measured online where financial information is measured online can you expand on that a bit more what do you mean by measurement 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 and why is that so important right now
0: Uh, well one of the things for us as a franchise system is that we grew truly on that entrepreneurial spirit and where we're a flat fee system and we never collected financial data from franchisees Um, because there was no need, because we felt there was no need. Over the years, what I've learned is it's not just financial data, but it's also about analysing in our specific incident menus. So it is very important that you don't keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result if you're not measuring it. So measurement for me is not just financial measurement. For us, it's measuring local area marketing activities, what works, what doesn't work, what works in one area as opposed to another. So it's all about that analysis. And it's more uh, one of the things that we talk to our franchisees about. It's not just about making the pizza. Which pizza did we sell? Which pasta did we sell? And also understanding the profitability. Which is more profitable? Which is less profitable? Which one are we going to market more? So that's where I come from. So financial measurement, business measurement, marketing measurement. You need to understand what's happening. So then, then you can do more or less of it.
1: So do you have data on whether or not Australians prefer pineapple on their pizza or not?
0: I hate to say it, but Australians like pineapple.
1: That's never (laughs) going to be removed. I don't eat it.
0: As an Italian, I don't eat pineapple on a pizza, (laughs) but let me tell you, they love it.
1: Branding is very important in franchise systems. A lot of people buy into the brand the recognition, the perception that that brand may help them attract customers. How is a brand more than just a logo? What does it actually mean?
0: So I'm a bit boring today because it's the same mantra. It's all about the people. So brand means nothing if it doesn't bring. What does the brand mean? What does it bring? What does it bring to the heart? What does the person feel about it? So to to me, our brand and what I see is it's been said by an employee um, at the 30th anniversary for us. One of our employees said... I had this young lady come there. La Puketa means for me that I'm part of a team. I come there, I'm recognised. They know who I am. Our regulars know. They, um, you know, just this week we had a sad and, um, news from one of our initial restaurants in North Carlton. One of their long-standing customers passed away. They all knew, they were all sad, some of the employees are going to be at his funeral. It's about us understanding the people. The brand is the people, the experience and how you feel about it. So that comes with time. But I say, how do you want customers to perceive you when they hear your brand?
1: I think I know the answer to the next question because we've spoken, touched on it a little bit. Business can be a very lonely place. Being a business owner, it's it's lonely at the top if you want to rock and roll. Uh, how do you address that, I think for yourself but also for your franchisees?
0: So for us, um, as a franchisor, we have a franchise advisory council and we bring so that we always... um, get a franchisee perspective as well as roll it out there so that they interact we try and get the franchisees together to network we do an annual conference we get them together we encourage franchisees to network we sometimes encourage franchisees to talk to each other and mentor each other as for myself um, i found the most suitable way i'm part of two ceo groups one through family business and one through franchising And it is about um, we're all non-competing businesses and it's about the sharing of ideas and maybe learning from others. Um, I believe learning is a continuous improvement and also staying abreast of what's going on. I read these days. I read online. I used to read about a book a month. I no longer do that, but I do a lot of online reading as to what's happening either in the industry or the business world and it's about continuous improvement on learning from others for me.
1: Sarah, that's it for us today. Thank you so much for giving us half an hour um, and, and covering a broad range of topics, philanthropy, family business, franchising. You're an amazing woman. I think you're a huge advocate for the franchise industry and they should try to use your voice more. Thank you very much for your time.
0: Thank you, David. Glad to be here.